Aloha. You're listening to Chad Ford's NBA Big Board on the Locked On Podcast Network. My guest, longtime friend, Tony Jones of The Athletic. It's been a while, Tony. Thank you for getting to me. And we figured out a way not to ignore each other. And we figured out a way to get, get together and do this. I'm looking forward to this because uh, these are some of the most fun things that we we both get to do. And and um, yeah, happy new year. And it's, it's, it's good to see you and it's good to do this. Yeah, it's great to see Tony. So we're going to do something special because it's been a while since we have Tony. Everybody's asking mock draft. Chad, when are you going to do your mock draft? That is today. We launched Mock Draft 1.0 over at NBABigBoard.com. We're going to do a mock draft today with Tony Jones. It's going to be a lot of fun. Here we go. All right. I'm with Tony Jones, and we are going to talk 2022 NBA Draft Mock Draft. That's right, our first mock draft of the year. You can go read my whole mock draft over at nbabigboard.com. Drop that on Thursday. But Tony and I are going to do something a little different than what I did. I, I was talking to general managers, people around the league, trying to figure out where guys might be going. Uh, but Tony and I are going to just kind of spitball this with our own opinions. We're going to go back and forth on this. We picked the draft order based off 538's projected records towards the end of the season. So they've got an analytics model that projects out records throughout the end of the year. So I don't want to hear from you Knicks fans when you get upset that your team's in the lottery or Lakers fans that your team's in the lottery. That's just what 538's projecting. It's not what Tony's projecting. It's not what I'm projecting. But we're going to use that model to think about as of Tuesday, the teams that 538 thinks are going to be in the lottery. And we're going to go back and forth a little bit on who we like for each of these teams in the draft. So Tony, I'm going to kick it off. You're going to be have the number one pick in the draft. It's Orlando Magic. They have the worst record in the league. 538 thinks that they're going to be the worst team uh, in the league. But they got a lot of young talent. Franz Wagner, legitimate rookie of the year uh, candidate. Jalen Suggs been playing a lot better since he came back from his injury. Uh, you've got uh, Cole Anthony having a big time sophomore season after somewhat of a rocky uh, rookie campaign. You've got guys like Markel Fultz, who's just 23 years old. Jonathan Isaac's only 24 years old. RJ Hampton's in the mix. Mo Bamba, Wendell Carter. Tons of young talent on this Magic team. You can go just about anywhere you want to go with this. So putting you on the spot. If the Magic have the number one pick in the draft, who do they take? I am taking Chet Holmgren. I know that um, Jabari Smith has been at the top of the board. I know Paul Bonchero has been uh, also at the top of the board. Uh, and, you know, I know that uh, Chet's, you know, Chet's uh, viability as a number one pick because of the, the emergence of those two has dimmed a little bit. But the reason why I am going Chet Holmgren is because of Evan Mobley. And Evan Mobley, if we do a redraft today, would be the runaway number one pick um, of this draft. And and this is, and, and, and the thing that's interesting about that is Cade Cunningham, to me, has been everything that I thought he's, he's been. And Evan Mobley is still, um, still probably gonna be the number, would still be the number one pick of a redraft. What, which, what, Orlando has right now is they have, um, you know, ball in hand playmaking and, and Cole Anthony in, in Jalen Suggs. Um, Franz Wagner has emerged to be uh, a guy who who you can build around as a small forward. If they ever get Jonathan Isaac uh, healthy and durable, 
Uh, he fit. He he's he's he has real upside. Is one of the best defensive power forwards in the league. And Chad Holmgren is the best defensive prospect in this draft. He is the best rim protector. Uh, he is uh, very unique in a way uh, that he can switch. Uh, you can throw him in a drop big and he'd be great uh, right away. Uh, he's also uh, a great passer for his size. Uh, he's a good shooter for his size. Um, he probably doesn't have the, uh, the offensive upside uh, of Bonchero or, or, or Jabari Smith. Um, but to me, he is an almost generational defensive prospect. I don't think that he's as good a prospect as Mobley because Mobley's offensive upside um, has proven to be immense as well as what he's done defensively. But his the way that Mobley stepped in and changed Cleveland defensively and made an impact on the Cleveland defensively around the talents of playmaking guard Darius Garland, who has played at, you know, an all-star level this year. Um, you know, it, it's hard for me when you have pieces that are already in place and the Magic have pieces that are already in place. You want somebody who can change games defensively. And uh, Chad Holmgren is going to, to me, in my mind, he's going to be able to change things, change games defensively um, right off the bat. He's a tough kid. He's a competitive kid. He backs down to nobody. He's a fearless kid. Uh, he's going to rebound. Uh, he shrinks the floor with his length. Uh, he can grab and go uh, in terms of in, in terms of rebounding. He can start a break for you. Uh, he's he's a really really un, uh, unique prospect, and I just have a hard time passing him at number one if I were Orlando. Well, it's not hard to sell Chet Holmgren to me. He was number one on my big board 1.0, 2.0 as well, and is number two right now behind Jabari Smith Jr. Uh, on, the, on the mock draft that I released on NBA Big Board on Thursday, I had Jabari Smith going here. I certainly think your argument is a sound one for Chet Holmgren. I'm a little uncomfortable with the Evan Mobley thing because I don't think that – I don't see the sort of foot speed and agility – that Evan Mobley has out of Chet Holmgren. And, and that, to me, is partly what makes Evan Mobley such a devastating defender, is his ability to get out on the perimeter um, and have the foot speed and just fluidity in a seven-footer um, to move laterally the way that he does. I haven't quite seen that from Chet. I think Chet's a, you know, not a bad athlete. I, I think he can do some of that but, that, but that's what Mobley does that's elite for me. If I make an argument for Orlando for Jabari Smith, it's that this is the 28th worst uh, or the, the third worst shooting team uh, in the NBA. Uh, they, I think they rank 28th in three-point percentage. Uh, adding Jabari, who not only is a great three-point shooter for a big man, I think he's just a great three-point shooter. I mean, his stroke is absolutely pure. And you combine that with his two-way ability at his size at 6'10 with a 7'1 wingspan. I think that he's a little bit better fit in Orlando. Uh, but again, I'm not going to quabble with you at Chet Holmgren at, at, at number one, because I, I think he's absolutely worthy of the number one pick. I would go in a slightly different direction. And it opens up the space for me, Tony, with the number two pick in the draft, the Detroit Pistons, to get a guy that at least when I'm hearing out of Detroit, Troy Weaver is absolutely hungry for in, in pairing Cade Cunningham and Jabari Smith Jr., 
uh, together on this Detroit Pistons team. Again, you could make an argument. Detroit also needs rebounding and shot blocking and that Chet Holmgren uh, is a really good fit there um, a- as well. And I think that's fair. I also hear, interestingly enough, that that Troy Weaver is a big fan of Jaden Ivey and sees a, a combination of Jaden Ivey and Kate Cunningham as being something really interesting as well. Time, you know. Yeah, it might be a little bit high. I'm, I'm not I'm not sure yet. I can see why you might feel that it's high, but I'm going to go Jabari Smith Jr. here. Uh, I, I love that fit I'm in Detroit. The only caveat might be I keep hearing that the Pistons are holding out on Jeremy Grant hoping that the Bulls are going to come back and give in and give Patrick Williams back in a deal for Jeremy Grant at the trade deadline. And if they can get Patrick Williams, then that that would shift my thinking a little bit on on having Jamari Smith Jr. there and maybe would would pivot towards um, Chet Holmgren. If Detroit could pull that off, I think that's that's an absolute There is no way on God's green earth that I am giving Patrick Williams for Jeremy Grant. I am sorry. Uh, look, I – uh, I, I no. wouldn't do that deal either if I'm Chicago, but no I think way. Chicago is trying to push all those chips in right now. Uh, Jeremy I, I, Grant is I an would, absolute fit there. Maybe I could push my chips pay. in to the point where you say, okay, um, but can you give me Patrick Williams? I'll say, how's Kobe White look? How yeah. do you like Kobe White? Yeah. And if not, then we hang up the phone because I'm not giving you Patrick Williams, period. Okay. So no deal. Uh, Tony Jones says no deal. What do you think about Jabari Smith Jr. at two to the Pistons? Would that be your choice or would you go Banquero? You know, I'd absolutely love it. I mean, you know, interestingly enough, I'm going to make a comparison that might make people gag. But, you know, Trey Lyles has some Jabari Smith in it. In him a little bit just with the skill set in terms of being able to face up shoot the basketball handle the basketball now obviously jabari smith is about at least 10 times the athlete and he's a much 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 better defender uh as well at at the same stage um and he's a better shooter much better shooter at the same stage i mean trey lyles took took some years to to even get to this level of shooter but you can you can see why Troy Troy Weaver looks at Trey Lyles because Trey Lyles has had a really good season this year, and say okay you know Jabari really fits and you know and, and I think when I don't like Jaden Ivey for for Detroit because um, I want Trey I want Kay Cunningham to be the point guard full time and you put him on the ball and you put guys around him. I think that you can build a championship contender around that. And I don't want Kate's K Cunningham off the ball. I want him on the ball um, in sort of a James Harden kind of way, not to the level of James Harden where he's at, where he has 40% usage, but K Cunningham to me is a point guard. I want him to run the point. So I wouldn't want Jaden Ivey. I'd, I'd, I'd much have rather have uh, Jabari Smith or, or, or Bonchero. So you know, the, the difference for me between Jabari and Bonchero is, is that Jabari to me is a, is a better defender at this stage. Um, you know, and I, I really think watching Jabari, the athleticism pops off the screen. Um, the way he commands a game pops off the screen. Uh, he's one of those guys that, that I feel, you know, he can have five points, four rebounds, three assists, but he's still kind of controlling the game. And that that's a that's a pretty, you know, that's a, a, a pretty rare attribute. And I think Chet Holmgren has that attribute as well. So um, I'm definitely 
I texted you and I told you how, how much I really like Jabari Smith. Um, you know, but you can see the, the impact that he's had on Auburn and how good Auburn has been uh, with, with him in the lineup this year. Let's pivot now to the Houston Rockets, uh, who 538 thinks will have the third west worst record um, in the draft. It would give them an even shot, 14% shot at the number one pick. We both like Jalen Green uh, before the draft. He hasn't looked so hot early on. A lot of rookies. Still like him. Played. Still love the athleticism. Still love the athleticism. Uh, he, he's clearly a gifted scorer. He's been a highly inefficient scorer. Uh, for Houston, but you hope with time and with strength uh, that that's going to start to work some of itself out and maybe a little bit different personnel around him. Houston also big question marks. Is Christian Wood going to be there after the trade deadline? Is Eric Gordon going to be there after the trade deadline? Is Kevin Porter Jr. going to be there, uh, you know, long-term? So lots of things shifting right now. Opern and Singun looks like he's been a hit uh, in the mid first round. It looks like he's got a lot of talent as well. Josh Christopher has played well coming off the bench uh, for Houston uh, as well. Who do you go with here? Is this is this clearly Boncaro now at, at this point in the draft? I don't want to upset people. I'm going to pick Boncaro here. Like, I'm going to pick Boncaro here, but I would con seriously consider Jaden Ivey here. Um, and I'll get to, to Jaden Ivey first. Point guards with his size and his athleticism just do not grow on trees right? Like they just don't grow on trees. And um, the the jump shot is starting to come along a little bit um, where that had been a real weak spot coming into this year. Um, you know, 6'4", six, 6'5". Six, uh, he's so, so quick on the floor. Uh, he's so springy uh, vertically. Um, you know, he can finish on top of the rim. Um, in, in this era, if that jump shot comes along, you know, kind of like what John Moran has done. So it, it, it depends on how hard he works. Uh, he's got a chance to be a real star in this league. And if you pair him with J, uh, with Jalen Green, that could be a really, really, really good backcourt uh, for, for years to come, especially if you're moving on from Kevin Porter Jr. But I'm going to I'm going to take the safe route and I'm going to I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with Bon Carroll. You just sold me why, on Jaden Ivey to Houston, and now you're going to take I did. I know I did, but I'm going to take the safe route. Listen, the, the, the streets ain't ready for that, Chad. They're not ready, they're not ready for Jalen Ivey over Von Carroll yet. So I'm going to take the safe route and, and, and pick Von Carroll because uh, he's he's a walking 2010 in the NBA. And you know what you're going to get. Um, you know, he's a professional scorer, like right now at Duke. He scored all three levels. Uh, he's, he's, uh, very, very athletic. I do question what he's going to be defensively in the league. So if you have him and Singoon in your front court, I do question how much you're going to stop people. Um, but you know, he's going to walk in, you know, Von Carroll might be rookie of the year next year, just off the fact that he's going to go like 18 and 10 right off the bat. Like he's, he's going to fall out of bed in the NBA and go 18 and 10. And the question is, can he go to 28 and 12? And, you know, the question is how good he's, he, he can, he can become um, defensively, but you know, he, he's, he's as safe as you can get for a top three pick. I just wonder what the upside is.
No, I, I, I think your, your scouting reports right on with Boncaro in my, in my opinion. And he's going to be one of these tough guys in a draft because there's going to be a big consensus people that say, I, this guy, you look at his body, you look at his skill set, you look at his feel for the game, by the way, which I think is excellent. Um, I think he really understands the game. And, and they see a little Carmelo Anthony in him, though he's bigger than Carmelo. And, it, and it's so easy to translate his game to the NBA. But I worry about the defensive upside. I'm not 100% sure the shot is, you know, he can stretch the floor, but, you know, at what, 33, 34%, you know, what's that going to be? I mean, ideally, ideally for them, I like the, in the scenario that we're talking about here, I like the Jaden Ivey thing um, and the stuff that I'm putting together, maybe Chet Holmgren, a little bit depends on, uh, you know, a little bit depends on Christian Wood. I don't really like Christian Wood and Chet Holmgren together, but Sengun and Holmgren, I, I actually kind of like that, that, that pairing together. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see, and who knows, by the way, what's going to happen in Houston over the next uh, you know few weeks, because I, I think there's going to be some stuff going down um, for sure there. All right. Well, that sets me up with the fourth pick in the draft, Oklahoma City Thunder. And by the way, folks, I think these are the four teams that are going to end up with the four worst records. What order they end up in, I'm not really sure, but there's a pretty big gap as we oh, get to the next. Oklahoma City is a big test for you, Chad, yeah. because now we're going to see. Now we're going to see if you're going to go. Now we're going to see if you're going to go fit or if you're going to go best player available. Oh, I'm going Jaden Ivey. Uh, okay. I'm a Jaden so Ivey guy. Yeah, I'm going to go Jaden Ivey. And, and, and a couple things I'll say. I don't actually think Sam Presti's much of a fit guy to begin with. Uh, and so if I'm, if I'm guessing, on, and also he's not a consensus guy or he wouldn't have taken Josh Giddy, um, you know, ahead of Jonathan Kaminga. And and I and I I think Shea and and, and Jaden Ivey I think they can work together in the backcourt. Uh, I, I question actually whether Jaden Ivey is more of a two than a point. Uh, if if I have concerns about him, it's a little bit of tunnel vision with the basketball at times. I'm not really making great reads, sometimes forcing shots. Um, that's the, actually the one area of concern I have. He's really and and shooting off the bounce. He's definitely surprised me with how good he sh- he's been able to shoot when he gets his feet set. Um, and he's and he's spotting up. He's he's been less effective when he's been shooting off the bounce. Those are things that I want to see. But the elite athleticism, the size, the length, I, I love his drive. Uh, I love his actually background with his mom, former player, uh, co- assistant coach in the NBA, head coach in college. All of that stuff just speaks to me. And and I know there were some mixed opinions about him with Team USA in the under 19s. With some people really loving him, some people wondering whether he got a little selfish at times. I'm just I'm in the Ivy camp uh, all the way. I I'm comfortable with him after Jabari Smith at one. I'm comfortable with him going in the draft wherever that's two, three, um, four, and and you know five probably the range. I I see people nitpicking him a little bit right now, but if you're watching Jaw around uh, and the things that he's doing, is, yeah. you see that at the next level for what he could be. I, I think people nitpicking him are, are overthinking it a little bit because. You know, when you have in, in you know, I, I mean, he's okay as a two, but I want him as a one because he's an average size two, but he's an oversized one. Yep. And when you look at that, um, and you then you look at the athleticism, it's kind of almost like Russell Westbrook, right? Like you just like you can teach some of the tunnel vision things, like you can say, okay, you got to make this read or you got to make that read. But, man, when you give him that basketball and he's boom, like he just, you know, he just hits that crease. 
and then all of a sudden he's finishing on top of the rim. I mean, it's 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 hard to replicate that. Those kind of point guards, it's it's just really hard to replicate. And and I get it. I don't, he's not John Morant because John Morant was much more of a point guard at this stage. And John Morant, the the thing that people don't talk about with John Morant, understandably because of what he does in the air, is that he's so much more cerebral. Um, on the ground than people give him credit for. Like, Ja can get into the lane. He's got that floater. Uh, that's one of the best floaters in the league. Uh, he does a lot. He does a lot more on the ground than people than people realize, and that sets him up for what when he gets in the air. So that's the challenge that Jaden Ivey has to 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 meet. He's got to get the, he's got to get that in between floater, which he's starting to develop this year. Um, I think that you know the 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 perimeter shot is a lot better this year than it has been uh in years past. I'd like to see Matt Painter give him the ball more and have him on the ball a lot more. He has him off the ball quite a bit uh in, at, at Purdue. Um and you know, but the other thing with Jaden Ivey is he's playing with two traditional bigs uh um at Purdue, which kind of clouds the spacing. Once you get him in the in the league and you get him into that NBA spacing, he's to me he's just he's going to take off. And oh, that's why one of me, those bigs, Trevion yeah. Williams, maybe the best passer on the team. Uh, I, I absolutely, uh, I love Trevion yeah, Williams. Trevion yeah, Williams he's, reminds he's me of Caleb Swanigan. Yeah, he reminds me a lot of Caleb Swanigan. Probably a little bit more athletic at this stage than Caleb was. Um, but yeah, all right. Uh, so what we've learned, we're definitely on the Jaden Ivey train. What we've learned is we're both on the Jaden Ivey train. We're both on the Jabari Smith train. Tony's still definitely on the Chet Holmgren train. Um, we're a little bit little bit worried about where Paolo Banquero's train is ultimately lands, though we know it's going to go someplace good, but how great it's going to be. And and that's that's generally the consensus anyway. Those four guys in some order, depending on which team you talk about, the four picks and drafts. So when we come back, we're going to talk about What's next? Because after that, I think the consensus just absolutely starts to break down. Um, we're going to hear Tony's thoughts, uh, my thoughts. But first, it's Built Bar time, Tony. It's the New Year's. So that means New Year's resolutions. It's about getting fit, eating healthier, making sure Built Bar is in your plan. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, maybe even better than a candy bar. It's easy to make you stick your resolutions because it tastes so good. You want to eat it. Other protein bars are chalky, waxy, tastes like a chemical spill. We want to eat healthy, and healthy can be boring sometimes. And you just think, man, this isn't worth it. Where's the chocolate? Built Bars are 100% covered in real chocolate. They contain 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, 17 grams of protein. Compare that to a candy bar. It gets 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, dozens of net carbs. So here's an idea. Go to your pantry, at home, the office, wherever you kind of hide all your sweets. Throw them all out. Replace them with Built Bars. And you've got a snack or a treat that you can reach to. It's healthy and it tastes incredible. And even if you're not a huge fan of working out, uh, you can go and eat Built Bars and replace some of those candy bars. And, you know, hey, that almost counts as a workout. And there's so many flavors to choose from. Coconut, almond, peanut butter, brownie, raspberry, cookies and cream, salted caramel, mint brownie, many, many more. My favorite is the coconut. Tastes like a Mounds bar. So delicious. Um, so many other new limited flavors also coming out. So go to Built.com. See what's new. Go to built.com. Use promo code LOCKED15 and get 15% off your first order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at builtbar.com. 
Okay, Tony, we did the easy part. Now People we are going to disagree with this, but we did the easy part. So, of course, you're on the clock. It's the Sacramento Kings. And I just want to share an anecdote here. We got to start. And, and uh, you know, maybe I've got a little bit of something against the Kings because I'm from Kansas City and they, they left years ago um, and went to Sacramento. But then we're looking at 16th year uh, in a row, uh, missing the playoffs right now. And I had a general manager tell me that before the season, the Kings front office thought that not only were they a playoff team this year, they thought they were a contending team this year and were, were upset that the, the uh, prognosticators, whoever those are that you know do the preseason rankings, did not have them in the top four um, in the West. Uh, wow. Uh, the, the, <laughs> the delusions run deep. Uh, in, in Sacramento, it's been a disaster. They've actually drafted okay. Tyrese Halliburton, uh, De'Aaron Fox, Davian Mitchell coming off the bench defensively. A little bit of a surprise. Uh, you know, Harrison Barnes is is good. There's talent there. Again, I think this is a team that we probably see very active at the trade deadline. I'm not sure whatever Kings team we're looking looking at I'm right now. Sure is, Buddy Hill will not be a Sacramento King pass. Buddy Hill, Marvin Bagley uh, is another guy. Maybe even Harrison Barnes. Uh, we might see gone, uh, you know, towards towards the trade deadline. They're they're desperate to make the playoffs, so maybe they won't end up at at five. But I'm I'm questioning whether they're going to make the playoffs this year. But if they're at five, we've talked about the four consensus guys, and I and I think for most people, those are the four consensus guys. So blank slate, Tony. Who's your guy in Sacramento at five? You see me rubbing my hands together, right? Because this yeah. this is where I usually drop. This is why I usually drop a bomb. So you ready for I, this? I'm so excited. <laughs> Who's the next Grant Hill, Tony? I'm taking Kendall Brown. Okay, that's not a that's not a big reach. No, I like didn't know. He, but he wasn't even on the board before this year. Yeah, you're right. You're right. He's he's having a great freshman breakout year. Tell us why Kendall Brown. I, I actually really like this pick for a second. Okay, six foot nine, two oh five, two way wing. Those do not grow on trees, right? It's the reason why if you're the if you're the Chicago Bulls, you hang up if the Detroit Pistons ask you for Patrick Williams. Like you say, thanks for no thanks. Take Kobe, Kobe White, and we'll give you two first round picks, and you give me Jeremy Grant, but I am not giving you Patrick Williams, right? Okay, Isaac O'Curl cannot shoot a lick, <laughs> okay, but he is making a difference in Cleveland just off of his sheer athleticism and his ability to defend, right? His ability to cut, like he's actually a really good cutter. So he cuts really well. Uh, he gets to the basket. Um, he defends. He's got an NBA body. Lamar Stevens can't shoot a lick, but he is making a difference because he can defend and he does the right things offensively and he plays off of guys. So what is what is the lesson here, fellas, that, ladies and gentlemen, you can never have enough wings who can defend, who are athletic. And Kendall Brown, for my money, is a better prospect at the same stage than Isaac O'Carroll because he's shown his jump shot is not consistent yet, but he has shown upside. His jump shot has upside and he's a better score um, than than people realize. And he's a. Very, very good. Good, good passer, too. Actually, really very good, good passer. Really um, great feel for the game. Yeah, That's actually one of the things that really pops for him. Yeah. He yeah. pops off the screen for me. I'm a yeah. big, big Kendall Brown fan. 
I was thinking about Johnny Davis just because of how good he's been this year. And because for me, Johnny Davis doesn't have a lot of weakness in his game. But, you know, I mean, the, I cover a team right now in the Utah Jazz that could use Kendall Brown. <laughs> yeah. Or use uh, Herb Jones. Perfect. Yeah. 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 Or use Herb Jones or, or use Jaden McDaniels. Um, you know, you just get those guys with length and athleticism and if they have a feel for the game they shoot right up to the top of the board almost instantaneously and you see it every year we've we've seen this for for a couple of years running two years ago it was isaac Okoro uh, and patrick williams um scotty you know, barnes and scotty barnes last year uh devin vassell like the year before that um you know you you get any of those guys, six six to six nine, who are athletic, who can shoot the ball, who can handle the ball, who can defend, those guys are going to the top of the board. So I'm taking Kendall Brown number five. Can totally live with that. Um, I agree with everything that you said about him right now. I would have I would have taken him six uh, to San Antonio, uh, and I, I think he's a San Antonio player all the way. But I like I like him in Sacramento for the fact too that this is a terrible defensive team. They start to turn the corner with Davian Mitchell. Uh, in the draft and and adding him to the mix. Certainly, I like that. There is one wing that I like better. Uh, and this is a little bit of a risk, but A.J. Griffin out of Duke uh, is, is a guy that the more I watch him, the more he reminds me of a young Jimmy Butler uh, with really an NBA kid. body, really tough kid, has shot the lights out in Duke, which is the one thing that I think gives him a little bit of an advantage over Kendall Brown. I think Kendall Brown's a little, um, a little twitchier of an athlete, and, and has got has got the size uh, advantage over, over over AJ. But the shooting definitely, um, I think, goes in Griffin's favor. He's uh, he's only going to be eighteen uh, and a little bit over eighteen and a half on draft night. And I and I think this is one of those cases where because of injuries in high school the last couple of years and then he misses pro day for Duke with yet another injury kind of fell off scouts radar screens a little bit but now that he's starting to get consistent minutes he's moved back into Duke's starting lineup right now and he's never going to be the focal point of that team with with Paulo Bancaro and all the weapons that they have at Duke but he's another guy kind of like Kendall Brown he pops whenever he's on the floor. And, uh, and, and I, and I really love him. And I, I think, I think these guys to me are kind of like five and six, uh, on my board. So you'll take Kendall Brown five. I'll take AJ Griffin six. I may have switched the order. Um, interesting what you think about AJ, uh, um, AJ Griffin. Yeah. You know, the, his father was a tough guy, right? And AJ Griffin is a New York kid. I'm sorry. I got, I got all love for my New York kids, um, you know. So you know, you you know what you're gonna get. You know he's gonna be physical with you. you know, you know he's not gonna back down to anybody on either end of the floor. Uh, I like the Jimmy Butler comparison. Um, I want to see him shoot it. Uh, I want to see him develop um, with the ball in his hands. Um, and like you said, he's not gonna have the ball in his hands uh, at Duke. Um, the athleticism pops. The durability for me is a concern. He's he's been injured at every level at this point, and you know. But I mean, he's 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 experienced. Uh, he's he you know Stepanek when he was at Stepanek, th those teams were nationally good, and you know um, 
so he's he's a winner. And, you know, and 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 I think he's a guy that that knows that's going to know what to expect from the NBA uh, uh, because his father uh, has been, you know, affiliated with the league for a long for so long. So he's kind of grown up in the league. Um, I really like him. So, I, you know, the durability for me is the biggest concern. Can he stay healthy? Can he stay on the floor? Because your best ability is your availability. Fair enough. Fair enough. Okay, so uh, that's San Antonio and Sacramento. And again, uh, just a reminder, in case you're forgetting, why are we slotting these teams where we were? This is 538's projected ranking of them uh, based on Tuesday when we're recording this podcast right now. We are right not now. saying that your team stinks. Okay. We're not saying your team stinks, though, frankly, a lot of the teams that we've talked about so far do. Uh, so let's, uh, let's roll to New Orleans Pelicans at seven now. And is this where... Johnny Davis comes off the board for Tony Jones, or do you got another surprise up your sleeve? I really love Johnny Davis. I'm going to take Benedict Mathurin. The athleticism, man, it's just, you know, 6'6", six, 6'7", six, six, shooting guard, just quick twitch. Um, you know, I, I want to see him develop a little bit more as a playmaker. Um, but you see what Herb Jones has done for that team in that lineup. And you could just you could just never have too many athletes, especially around Zion. I don't think Zion's ever gonna be a great defender. Um, you know, so you have to build a team around him that defends. And you know, and I and I think uh Benedict really defends. I think that he um he's just a terrific, terrific athlete. A uh, really great run and jump athlete. Um, I think he plays off the ball well, and I think that when you look at his impact on on Arizona this year, his his uh, development has has made Arizona uh, pretty much the surprise of college basketball. Fair, absolutely in that range. I'm I'm a, maybe a little less high on him because I want to see something in between catch and shoot threes, right. straight line drives to That's the basket. That the athleticism is there, the shooting ability is there, the length is there. Usually when you and the defensive intensity is here, usually that's an easy he's three and D. But when you say he's three and D, there there's no sort of in between in between there. Like he really starts right. to struggle if you're asking him to go out um but, create you know, he's never gonna have, there. I mean as long as Zion's healthy, Zion's gonna have the ball in his hands. As long as Brandon Ingram is there, he's going to have the ball in his hands. So you need the guys like, you know, and that's the thing with Johnny Davis. Johnny Davis is a lot more ball in hand than those guys. And, you know, as long as they have Devontae Graham, Devontae Graham's going to have the ball in his hands. So you have three cooks in the kitchen already for New Orleans. So you have to build – what you need to do is you need to build that team around those, those guys. And – you know, and I, and I think, you know, in all fairness, Devontae Graham, I mean, you're not going to – you don't want to build around him. Um, but, you know, the other two you're absolutely building around. And Herb Jones has been – has really popped for them. He should be first-team all-rookie. Um, hey, and shout-out to Tony Jones here who wanted I, Herb Jones to uh, the Jazz. Now, I think that was your guy consistently – uh, you like that they got Jared Butler, of course, and, yeah. and I still think you're feeling good long-term about, about what they got there. But um, 
total shout out to Tony Jones, who was basically begging the Jazz to draw to draft Herb Jones yeah. in the first round. Um, you know, and that's the thing, though. You you can never in this league, you could just never have enough six foot eight athletes who can guard their perimeter. I mean, and you know, we we questioned whether what Herb Jones was going to do offensively, and and at first he was defensively, but he's really he's really started to come along, and and yeah. he's never going to be your primary offensive option. As the well, thing about he's, he's always been a really good secondary playmaker. Always, yeah. always. Yeah. You put the ball in his hands, he can you know he can get to the basket. He can. He was always a really good passer. Uh, his thing was that he couldn't shoot the basketball, but I mean that there's no accounting. You know, he he falls into 10 points a night just getting out and in transition and, and cutting off the ball. And then when you put him with with the primary playmakers, um, you know, he, he's a really good fit. So that that's why I like Benedict Mathurin um, for 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 New Orleans. All right. Number eight, it's the Indiana Pacers. And uh, this is not the team Rick Carlisle wanted. He wanted to be a playoff team. It's 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 looking like that's not going to be in the cards this year. Indiana also a, a team can be very interesting to see what they do at the at the trade deadline. Talk about Miles Turner being on the block though. Now with Miles Turner's injury, that may that 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 may may tank that right now. So it, I, I'm I'm torn between the Kevin Pritchard that drafted Chris Duarte because his head coach wanted a guy who can come in and play right now. And the Kevin Pritchard I know that likes to swing for the fences and likes big upside talent, uh, and and that's the guy that I knew in Portland and early on in Indiana. And which which gets the the pick this year? Last year it was more the Carlisle pick and placating Carlisle. So I'm going to give him a swing for the fences pick here um, at eight. I'm going to pass on Johnny Davis and I'm going to get Jaden Hardy um, the pick here for G League Ignite. He has not been very good. Uh, early on for the Ignite, but this is one of the top three uh, high school players in the country sort of coming out. He's making a much bigger leap from high school basketball to college basketball. He went to the G League. He's still averaging almost 20 points a game for 36 minutes uh, in the G League right now, highly inefficient early on, but I'm seeing him start to make some adjustments. I think he is a little bit more well-rounded than Jalen Green. He's not the athlete Jalen Green is, which is a big knock against him and why he's he's not going higher but i i believe in the shot i believe in the stroke and and i and i believe he still could be a high level backcourt nba player someday and so i'm going to give them Jaden hardy at eight you don't seem to like that pick at all my my fear for Jaden hardy is that he tops out as jordan clarkson and you know and i really like jordan clarkson i mean he's one of the best six men in the league but if he tops out as one of the best if he tops out as a six man of the year candidate, is that worth a top 10 pick? In this draft, by the way, the answer may be yes. Um, that that might be, I mean, you know, are, are we talking Ben Mathurin being much more than, than that? I mean, you know, I, I, I worry at this part of the draft, we're so spoiled in 2021 where there's been so many incredible um, picks and guys that just, you know, have pop, popped early on. Um, what we might be looking at in this draft. So um, that's fair. Um, it also might be kind of what what we're looking at um, at this at this stage. Who would you have taken for Indiana at eight? If I'm taking anybody off the ignite off the ignite, I'm taking Dyson Daniels. Um, because I think that number one, I think he has upside as a point guard, um, and I think that he makes. He has winning impact on games. He's unselfish. He makes the right reads. 
Um, you know, I don't know that the athleticism pops as much as some, but I think he knows how to play basketball. And I, I think I'm real. I think I'm really high on him. Okay. All right. Well, when we come back, we'll finish out. We'll do quick hits through the, re the rest of the lottery uh, picks nine through 14. Uh, Tony Jones of the athletic. We're doing a mock draft. We'll see you in a second. All right, we're back. Tony Jones, you're on the clock. Portland Trailblazers, five thirty for Jackson. Portland Trailblazers. Okay, can, I'm I'm finally going to pick Johnny Davis. Okay, um, Johnny Davis goes 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 uh, nine to to the Portland Trailblazers. Been the best player in college basketball this season, hands down, in my opinion. Um, and he's single handedly turning Wisconsin into a national Final Four contender. Um, I do wonder about the upside. I do need to see a little bit more ball in hand, but it's hard to nitpick any real facet of his game. He's one of those guys that, that can kind of do everything um, at a high level. Um, so, you know, if, if, if Desmond Bain has taught us anything, it's that you pick guys who know how to play basketball and Johnny, Johnny Davis knows how to play basketball. I actually like that comp, uh, you know, for him. Now, Desmond Bain went 30th in the draft. By the way, our longtime listeners will know that that was also a guy that Tony Jones was was begging, uh, begging, begging the Jazz. Jazz may have been better off having Tony Jones in the draft room the last couple of years, uh, uh, given given who you sort of liked for them. Uh, and I and I like that. I like that pick as well. I, I would say I don't. I don't know that I agree on a couple of things you said that he doesn't have any flaws. I, I wonder a little bit about the three point shooting. He doesn't take a lot of threes. He's, he's down to 32%. Per, um, and we have seen defenses the last couple of games start to key in on Johnny Davis because he was kind of an unknown coming out of Wisconsin his freshman year um, in the big 10, which is a really good, maybe the best conference in college basketball this year um, coming, coming after him. And, and he's been a little less efficient uh, and, and so that concerns me age, age just a little bit, um, you know, a, a, as well. And is he the best? I mean, if we're just talking best college basketball player, did, wouldn't Keegan Murray um, have, have, uh, have an argument? Keegan, to Murray does, Keegan Murray does have an argument. I, listen, I just look at, look at Johnny Davis against Purdue and I look at Johnny Davis um, that that made him a lot of money. that Purdue game made him. A ton of money. <laughs> I mean, I just I mean, uh, you look at you, you you look at him at the November that he had, like he was just so good in November during Feast Week. Um, it's 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 hard to argue with with what he. Had. I've never taken Wisconsin seriously, Chad. Yeah, even in the, no, even, in the even in the years that they've made the Final Four, even in those years, I, I always look at him. I'm like, man, they. You know, I don't really take them seriously. They're not for real. And I take them seriously this year, and that's because of Johnny Davis. Yeah. He, he's having a great season. All right. Keegan Murray's having a great season, though. Keegan like, Murray also having a great season. Big Ten is good this year. I, I've really Kofi, loved Kofi, Kofi Cockburn also having a huge season. Oh, in Illinois. my God. I've, uh, I've, this year. I've so loved watching the Big Ten. I've, yeah. I really have. So. A lot, lot of fun games almost every night. A lot of stacked teams. Jay Michigan, Ivey. huge shock. Shock there about how bad bad they've been. 
Trayvon, um, somebody is going to take Travion Williams in the second round, and he's going to be yeah. a steal. Yeah, I think so as well. All right, it should be my turn, but I'm gonna I'm gonna seed this pick to Tony Jones because according again, listen carefully, don't snip snip this out of context. According to 538's projections, the New York Knicks uh, will have the tenth pick in the draft with a projected record. We are not going to have the tenth pick in the draft. Yeah, yeah. T- Tony Jones does not agree. I, I know Knicks fans are going to be. I already see the headline. Chad Ford says Knicks are going to be in the lottery again. Five thirty eight says it. But assuming five thirty eight's right, I know Tony doesn't believe that it's right. I know Knicks fans in your heart don't believe it's right. But but this is Tony's team. Uh, but he, if he covers do, the Jazz, but his heart is with that. the Knicks. And and um, so I'm giving you the tenth pick in the draft right now. Who do you take with the Knicks? Who should the Knicks draft? So Keegan Murray is on the board, right? Keegan Murray's on the board. Jalen Duran's on the board. I know, and Jalen Duran is on the board, right? Ty Ty Washington's on the yeah, board. Yeah, Ty Ty Washington. I'm gonna pass all of them. Okay. Okay. I'm gonna take Patrick Baldwin. Okay. Here we go. Six foot ten guys who can shoot the ball like him do not grow on trees. And I what know about that, guys that what about guys that can't shoot against any good college basketball teams? The guy is playing uh, one on five every night. Have you seen Wisconsin Milwaukee? He, he also plays her. He also plays in the horizon league. And when have we ever talked about a top 10 prospect that plays in such a weak division of college basketball and yeah. sucks? I'm, I'm listen, I'm going to say if he I, can't dominate, in the I Horizon watched, League, he's going to dominate in the NBA. I watched Wisconsin-Milwaukee three times yeah. this year. Their guards can't even get the ball up the floor, bro. It's a, like, it's a they, they terrible team. The sense. They can't yeah. do anything. So, first of all, Patrick Baldwin made a terrible decision in terms of where to go. You don't make – like, I understand what was going on with his father and everything – his dad's you know, the head coach for listeners that don't right. know. Yeah. That, and, and that's one thing. Okay. You tell your dad that I will take care of you when I'm a millionaire. All right. Yeah. And you, then you go to Duke. <laughs> and that's what you do. Yeah. He should have went to Duke. Agreed. I mean, he's basically wasting a year of development right now. Right. Um. So, so what you're saying is decision-making is questionable. I mean, <laughs> one can no. What I'm saying is that the kid is loyal. That's okay. that's that's the way I'm going to construe it. The kid is super okay. loyal, so you okay. got you got to take it like that. So, so Tony, t- tell me this with him because I get it. Six ten, top ten prospect coming out of high school, known as one of the best shooters in the draft. Wasn't very good for Team USA in the under 19s, by the way, which was was a bit bit of a red flag um, as well. I buy all of that, but then tell me why he doesn't play hard. Because that is the thing that I think scouts are bent out of shape with him about right now. Fair enough, you're on a bad team. Guards don't give you the thing, whatever. You still got to play your butt off uh, when you're when you're on the court, um, especially on the defensive end. There's multiple clips I can show you from the film where he's just essentially giving up on plays. He's not doing that. I think that's what's got scouts bent out of shape. Like the attitude um, seems to not be great. And again, we understand why, but it's something that scouts carefully look at when you're drafting a player, especially if you draft a guy in the lottery, he's going to go to an NBA team that also may not be very good. Are you not going to play hard because you can't win? So I don't have, I'm not going to defend that. 
Like he's the the kid definitely needs to play harder. Um, he needs to get better. He needs to get better with the ball in his hands. He needs to get a lot better defensively, and he needs to get a lot stronger. Um, so you know, if I'm picking Patrick Baldwin, I'm you best believe I'm going to be talking to his father. I'm going to be talking to him. I'm going to be talking to people around him. I'm going to be talking to his teammates. I'm going to I'm going to vet him pretty thoroughly, um, but if Patrick Baldwin hits, then he's a steal, and that's the thing. If Patrick, this Baldwin is almost hits, like the Zaire. This is almost like the Zaire Williams, right? If, uh, if, if Patrick last Baldwin, year, who if went Patrick 10, Baldwin hits at the exact position that the needs the Knicks need him to hit, then. You know, this kid was worth the uh, uh, the fourth pick of the draft or the fifth pick. You're 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 getting you're getting extra value for him. It, it's a, it's a really hit or miss thing, and um, you know, I I understand that you know, um, it's it's a real risk putting pairing him up with Tom Thibodeau because Tom Thibodeau was typically very very difficult on rookies, um, but. I mean, you look at the shooting, which the Knicks don't have. You look at the length, which the Knicks don't have outside of R.J. Barrett. Um, you look at, you know, just the fluidity, and you can just close your eyes and you can just see a 25-point scorer lurking somewhere within uh, Patrick Ball. And now it might take him five years to get there, but he could get there. So sounds that, like you're not. Um, it sounds like you're not a big believer either in what Cam Reddish is going to do now that Cam Reddish is going to be a superstar in, in New York. <sighs> By the way, I listeners, need, if it sounds like speak, I'm worked up, I'm just giving Tony a hard time here. I, I would, I would also have get better with the ball in his hands somewhere around there. <laughs> I need to see Cam get better with the ball in his hands. I'm just mostly giving Tony a hard time here <laughs> because he's a Knicks fan, and I, I, I. I'm not as down on Patrick Baldwin as it seems because I don't think you write off 19 year olds um, on that quick. And he is in it, absolutely a difficult situation. Scouts are bent out of shape with him right now because at the end of the day, all, all, you control playing hard. You can't, you can't blame that on, on anybody else. Uh, and you control that. And, and that's something he can work on, but he's also young. He is in a difficult situation and he's in a really great prospect. So also Patrick Baldwin's family, please don't, please don't hit me up on, uh, on Twitter uh, right now either. All right. All right. That's the Knicks. At 11, let's get controversial again. According to 538, the Los Angeles Lakers uh, will also be in the lottery uh, with a 38 and 48 record. The only issue with the Lakers is they don't own their pick no matter what. If it falls 1 through 10, it goes to the New Orleans Pelicans. If it falls 11 through 30, it goes to the Memphis Grizzlies. So this pick at 11 goes to the Memphis Grizzlies, who are the surprise team in the NBA this year, um, look like they might be contenders this year. And given their youth, look like they're long-term set up um, to be contenders right and now. And Zaire Williams is a awesome. reason to pick Patrick Baldwin. Yeah. And, 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 and they're playing Zaire Williams like 20, 15 to 20 minutes a night. And he's Zaire, Williams had the, Zaire Williams and BJ Boston both had the same exact year that – Patrick Baldwin is having this year. Yeah. And they had the same exact but, but it was but it was in the Pac twelve and 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 SEC, not in the Horizon <laughs> League. But okay. Uh fair. All right. So I uh, 
again, Tony doesn't believe the Lakers or the Knicks will will be in the lottery. Again, we're using 538's projections, but Tony, you're back on the board. Memphis Grizzlies at 11 via the Lakers. Keegan Murray. Memphis, Memphis Grizzlies. Uh, so you look at what they do, right? This is what they do. They they took Xavier Tillman. They took Desmond Bain. Um, they took Dylan Brooks, right? So they play guys draft, who can play. They draft guys who can play basketball. Okay, they yeah. don't go for upside. So this is almost definitely going to be Keegan Murray. Yeah, um, almost definitely. Brandon Clark as well. They took Brandon Clark. So they take guys that know how to play basketball. And, and they'll look like the smartest guys in the draft afterwards because Keegan Murray oh, is only the leading score in college basketball. basketball as a sophomore. He they shoots, draft. he blocks shots, he rebounds. He is old for a sophomore. He's 21 years old, okay? But guess he's what? He's 21. He's reliable. <laughs> he is super reliable. Like, he's, 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 he's very good defensively. He's got upside. Now, the one thing that that people were worried about before this year has been the jump shot. The jump shot has come along a little bit. Um, he's going to turn 22 before the start of his rookie year, but he's definitely got a chance. You just plug him. He's plug and play. And um, you don't know how long you're going to have Kyle Anderson. Um, so, you know, you 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 take you take key. You take Keegan Murray. Uh, he's been one of the best players in college basketball. You're one of the best three players in college basketball all year. You take him, you plug him in the lineup, and you let and you let him go. I I I agree. I, if Keegan Murray doesn't drops out of the top ten, I'm I'm going to be scratching my head a little bit. I, I get it, the age thing. He's going to be like 21.8 on draft night, like lots of different things. But here's another guy that doesn't have a lot of talent around him in Iowa. Uh, every night playing in a really tough conference, and everybody's like, "Ah, oh, he's kind of doing it against you know." you know, mid-major teams and what have you. He's been really good. And then on the night that he got in foul trouble, his brother stepped in and uh, did his Keegan Murray impersonation and went off the other night. It's it's uh, it's incredible. Um, so yes, there's a Chris Murray um, as well, his his brother, and very difficult to tell them apart. Uh, yeah, you know, the other thing is, what if they take, I mean, we haven't taken Jalen Duren yet. And Jalen Duren would fit in well with Memphis because- yeah. For me, he's the second best. He's the second best rim protector in the draft. He might be the best pure shot blocker in the draft, even though Chet Holmgren is a better rim protector. Yeah. And there is a difference. Yeah. But I'm I'm taking Keegan Murray because he knows how to play basketball, and that's what Memphis drafts. Well, it's 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 hard to say, uh, and we should talk about Jalen Duran, uh, who I had going a little bit higher, and um, definitely you could see him there, one of the youngest players in the draft, like you said, another guy that. I wish the motor was more consistent and that's probably my biggest beef with him right now. He's young again, but he, he, given his body and his talent, he should not disappear in games the way that he sometimes just completely disappears in games. Uh, and that that's, that's really my only knock on him. It's tough for me to say that he's the best shot blocker in this draft though. When Walker Kessler right now out of Auburn True. is putting up literally historic numbers as a shot blocker as a 19.7 percent um shot block percentage which would rank the highest of any player in college basketball in the last decade um so um there might be a better shot blocker out there um right now that walker kessler doesn't have the athleticism uh that that jalen duran does and why he doesn't go this high um so yeah we haven't taken him he's not been on the board so i'm at atlanta at 12 uh who I don't they got think like seven of those guys, though. Yeah, 
Atlanta has like seven of those guys, and Okongwu, by the way, I think is going to be is go- is going to be really good. Uh, and uh, he had an incredible block on Giannis Antetokounmpo the other night. And defensively, his numbers, uh, you know, put him in like the top ten in the NBA right now. Uh, even though he's played just like eleven games, so a small sample size. So Atlanta definitely doesn't need uh, Jalen Duran, uh, given that they have Clint Capella, given that they have a Kongwu. Um, I, I think there's going to be some deals made, frankly. I, I wouldn't be surprised to see them move. I, I don't think Atlanta really wants to be in the lottery anyway, and I think you can make an argument they're going to figure out a way to avoid the lottery as well um, at the end. But I, I, I'm because he's not off the board yet, I'm just giving him Jalen Duran here because I, I think I get why he's not a top-five prospect anymore, especially in the modern NBA today, but he's too young. There's too much talent there for me not to take a – to take a flyer on him 12. I know he's not a great fit in Atlanta. Um, Ty Ty Washington might be another guy that could be interesting um, here as well because of his ability to play on and off the basketball, given the shooting ability as well. And, he, and he's really come on for Kentucky. But I'll go Jalen Duran here, which gives you, Tony, the Washington Wizards, all those feel-good stories at the start of the season about how this is finally the Wizards year have, have kind of tamped down a little bit. Uh, 538 projecting him with a 40 and 42 um, record, uh, who would you give the Washington Wizards at 13? This is easy. This is my easiest pick of the first round. Okay. I'm taking Blake Wesley. Oh, love Blake Wesley. Okay, I like that. Love Blake Wesley. Yeah. Um, right now, Spencer Dinwiddie's their, their only point guard. Um, I mean, well, Howell Nettle's been really good, but um, I'm, I'm taking Wesley. I'm developing him for a few years. And, and hopefully by the time uh, Spencer Dinwiddie's time is done in Washington, I have I have a dynamic point guard on my hands. Um, I know people are questioning whether he's a point guard or not. Um, I think that that you can put the ball in his hands. I think he makes above average reads. I think he makes uh, winning plays. He's six foot five. And I just love that size. So even if he doesn't top out at a point guard, he's a combo guard at worst. Uh, I think he can shoot the ball. I think he knows how to get downhill off the dribble. I think he's effective off the dribble. I think he's going to be a good pick and roll player. I'm on the Blake Wesley train. Love Blake Wesley. I've been on that train for a while. I think that's a great, great spot for him. Uh, and, and a guy that I think some folks have been sleeping on a little bit. All right, let's wrap this up. According to 538, again, don't kill me. Charlotte Hornets. <laughs> oh, that's no way. At 43, 43 and 39. Well, the East is good this year. The East is better than the West. So there, there has to be seven and seven, right? So actually, actually, the, the next projected worst team is the Clippers, but the Clippers make it in. Uh, and by the way, the Clippers have to send their pick to Oklahoma City Thunder. So, um, you know, that's an issue as well. So Charlotte is there. That means they, that they're projecting the Raptors, the Cavs, you know, some other surprise teams to have a little bit better um, record. You know, I, I want to go with a I want to go Charlotte and say, man, I, I want them to figure out their big man issue. I know they've been trying to talk about that during the trade deadline, using James Booknight as 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 potential trade bait here. Um, if they do that, then then adding another guard like a Ty Ty Washington, um, you know, makes makes a lot of sense here. Um, if they don't do that, I, I'm going to give my other little sleeper. I'm going to go back to Baylor, Baylor freshman Jeremy mm-hmm. Suhan. Yeah, uh, Suhan's been really good. Suhan, according to Fran Fraschilla, that's the correct way to pronounce it. Um, 
really interesting big guy who can stretch the floor, do a little bit of everything, plays with great, great energy, good athlete. Uh, I, I've really enjoyed watching him play. He did not come even with the hype of a Kendall Brown, but I, I think he's been special. And, you know, you've watched Baylor struggle the last couple of games and, and he's been out, um, you know, with an ankle injury. And I think he was a more important part of that team than, than, than people understand. And so I'm going to, I'm going to have him sort of wrap out the lottery uh, at, at 14. You like him? Yeah, I would pick somebody else though. Who's your guy? Who's your last guy? My guy for Charlotte would be uh, Agbaji. Oh, now you're talking to a Kansas fan now. And so you know that because I watch every Kansas game and I get so frustrated with the Jayhawks that all those guys' stock is like a little bit further because I'm emotionally invested yeah, um, the, in them. But he's the, having a really great senior season. I mean, the athleticism, the upside is a 3D guy. Um, I know that Charlotte needs a big, so, you know, I understand your selection. I, I would also consider Mark Williams there as well. Um, yeah. Mark Williams but, would be very interesting with LaMelo Ball. Yeah, but um, – And they have Kai Jones, by the way, who they doesn't right. get any playing time. But right, exactly. That's what Kai Jones is going to turn into. But, you know, you, you look at – you look at you know what they need with Lamelo Ball. They need shooting and athleticism around him, in my opinion, uh, particularly on the wings. Uh, obviously, Bridges has been terrific, but you know you you know you know Abaji, just the the run and jump athleticism, the defensive upside, the shot the ups the shot upside. You don't he never has to become an on ball guy with with Lamelo Ball uh, in the lineup. Um, I think that's just ter terrific value there. All right. He's Tony Jones of The Athletic. We got through a lot of guys, Tony. Yes, and, we did. Uh, clearly the rapport is still there. It's been a while, but it's really I, fun. Talking I told you, to you I, I, was, I was ready for this. I, you know, I was, I was, I was ready to like reach for people and everything, man. All right. Well, I, I love it. We're going to have Tony back soon. Uh, you won't have to wait this long to hear uh, Tony jo Jones's voice again, but Tony have safe travels. Uh, back to Utah. Enjoy covering the Jazz, and, and we'll talk to you soon. No problem. Thank you so much. You've been listening to Chat Ford's NBA Big Board on the Lockdown Podcast Network. Aloha. Aloha.